Jesus Christ. The knowledge of God and the knowledge of our Savior, Jesus Christ. It's very important. Write it down. One major way of growing in grace is growing in the knowledge of, is it there? It is not stable. It's not stable. Is that true? One major way of growing in grace is growing in the knowledge of God and the knowledge of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. So it says that grow in grace, grace and peace be multiplied unto you. So when it comes to knowledge of God, the more of the knowledge of God and the more of the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ you have, the more grace is multiplied towards you. So it says grace and peace be multiplied. Multiplication means an exponential growth. Multiplication is not like an addition. Is that not true? So when it says that grace, is that not true? So when it says that grace and peace be multiplied unto you, through the knowledge, it's talking about multiplication. That means that it comes in abundance. It comes exponentially. Grace is, made, is, 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 is brought exponentially to you. Grace increases exponentially. Grace grows exponentially. It says how? It says through the knowledge of God and through the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. It means that the more of the knowledge of God you have, the more grace grows in your life. Or the more you see the outworkings of God in your life, the more of the knowledge of God that you have, the more that grace grows in your life. Or the more grace multiplies, multiplies unto you. Who caught what I just said? So you want to see how grace grows. Apart from the fact that grace is supplied to the humble, it giveth more grace to the humble, the Bible says, which we looked at last week. It also says that grace is multiplied through our knowledge of God. Where what I just said? The knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So do you know God and do you know Jesus Christ? That's the point. Do you know him according to his word or based on his word? How much of the knowledge of God do you have? You see, how much of the knowledge of Christ Jesus do you have? If you say, I want grace to multiply unto me, I want to see great outworkings of the spirit in my life. I want to see the grace of God produce results in my life. I want to see the spirit of God do mighty things in me and do mighty things through me in my life, my finances. The question is, how much knowledge of God do you have? And how much, how much, that is why I always emphasize on knowledge. You see, we can pray for you. We can prophesy to you. If you are ignorant, it, it, it prevents grace from working the way it should work in your life. So it's not just about going to church and receiving a prophecy, going to church and receiving a prayer, and running away and moving from place to place. Some of you go to churches where you never know anything about grace working. Then you run to a church just to receive a testimony. You go and you don't get any testimony. You run back and all that. If you want, your, you want to have consistent outworkings of the Spirit in your life, grow in knowledge. When you grow in knowledge, you will definitely grow in grace. Because it means that there is a, what do we call it? A correlation between knowledge and grace. Is that true? Where we read last week, can we go there and then we come back here? Second Peter chapter 1, verse, verse 2. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Are you in church this morning? Second Peter chapter 3 verse 18. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 18. So there is a correlation between grace and knowledge. The knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, there is a correlation between graces. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Do you see there? But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And it come back to Peter again. Grow in grace and in the knowledge. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2, where we were, read, where we were reading. Verse chapter 1, verse 2 says, Now grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge. So grow in grace and in knowledge. This one, it says, grace and, uh, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge. So there's a correlation between grace and knowledge. Write it down. There's a correlation between grace and knowledge. There's a correlation between grace and knowledge. So if you want to increase in grace, write it down. There's a correlation between grace and knowledge. So that if you want to increase in grace, you have to increase in knowledge. The knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to increase in grace, you have to increase in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If you want to increase in grace, you have to increase in the knowledge of God and of our Savior Jesus Christ. Because there is a correlation. Look at what I just said there. Very important. If you want to increase in grace, you have to increase in the knowledge of God. You have to increase in the knowledge of our Savior Jesus Christ. You have to. And it's very important. Now, why is this important? Where is the correlation coming from? The correlation is coming from the fact that grace is the outworkings of the Father. We've said it before. Grace is the outworkings of the Father. Grace is the outworkings of God in our lives. Amen. According to his predestined purpose, according to his purpose which he had in himself before the foundation of the world. So, the, go to Ephesians chapter 3. Let me show you something there. Ephesians chapter 3 from verse 1 to 4. I want to just explain briefly the correlation and then I continue. Amen. So there's a correlation between grace and knowledge. The more of the knowledge of God or the knowledge of Christ you have, the more grace increases. The more grace increases. The less of the knowledge of God or of Jesus Christ that you have, the less that grace increases. So once you are growing in knowledge, you automatically grow in grace. Did you hear what I said? What does it mean to grow in grace? Does it mean to grow in grace? Have, have I explained that before? So if you have forgotten, that one is uh, up to you. For this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, uh -huh. if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given to me, to you, what? You see, uh, Paul speaking here. If you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given to me, so Paul says the dispensation of the grace is given to him. That is the revelation of the dispensation of the grace. And we say the dispensation of the grace is that time or that period where grace is at work. 
Amen. The period where God has fulfilled his eternal, eternal purpose and is still carrying out that eternal purpose. You did hear what I said? The time where God has fulfilled his eternal purpose in Christ Jesus and is still carrying out that eternal purpose through the church. Because God is still carrying out that eternal purpose which he had in himself before the foundation of the world. He's still, he's still carrying it out through the church. He's fulfilled it in Christ and he's carrying it through the body of Christ, which is the church. Shout hallelujah. He calls that the dispensation of grace. That is the time where grace is at work. There was a time where it refers to, we can refer to the dispensation of the law. The time where the law of Moses was just reigning. Amen. For the Jews, at that time there was no Christian, there was no church. The church of Jesus Christ. The church was the church in the wilderness. Did you hear what I said there? Very important, the dispensation of the law. But this time, it talks about the dispensation of grace. So Paul says that this time, we, uh, he has been given that dispensation of grace. Now I'm continuing from verse 1. So we are in the dispensation of grace. Tell somebody, say, you are in the dispensation of grace. The time where God has fulfilled his eternal purpose and is still executing that purpose through the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. So it says, for this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, uh -huh, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is giving me to you, is giving me to you, what? Uh -huh, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words, mm -hmm, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. So what happens is that the, 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 the dispensation of grace had been predetermined in God before the foundation of the world. God knew that time was going to come where there will be shoutings of grace, 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 like we read in Zechariah chapter 4. Is that true? Have you read that scripture here? The shoutings of grace. So God knew that there was going to be a time where he was going to bring Christ Jesus to fulfill his eternal purpose on this earth. God knew that, and God did that. But you see, if he had just done that, knowing that and doing that was not enough. He needed to give us knowledge of what he had done. So the knowledge of Christ, or what he talks about, the knowledge of God, the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, the knowledge of grace. That means that that kind of knowledge that explains what God has done in Christ and what God is doing through the church to us, the church. Did you hear what I said? So grace, you see, the correlation between grace and knowledge is like an item and a manual. That's, it, that's all. It's like an item and a manual. The item has been brought. That is grace. That is Jesus Christ. That is the fulfillment of God's purpose. That's the person of Jesus has been brought, fulfilled God's plans, God's purposes, God's provisions. He's gone back, back to be with the Lord and has left his church here, which is us, to carry out what is left. So the person of grace has been brought, has been exposed. Do you hear what I'm talking about? But we have to know more about that person of grace. So if I bring an item here, I can give it to you and you handle it. But you don't know much about it, true or false. You can just hold it and use it if it's, for, if it's a microphone. Or if it's like a, a mobile phone, all that you know is that it is maybe for phone calls. 
the more you read the manual, the more the manual explains to you the purpose of the item. Is that true? And the more the manual explains the purpose of the item to you, the more you can use the item. So you move from just making phone calls to sending WhatsApp messages. Is that not true? Because you've seen that it can do that also. Then you move from that also. So the more of the knowledge of the manual, the more you can use the item. Is that true? That is the correlation. The same with grace and knowledge. The more of the knowledge of Christ you know, which is like knowledge through the word, which is the manual, the more you are able to multiply in grace. That's why the more you are able to experience the outworkings of God's purpose, the outworkings of God according to his purpose. You heard what I said there. You heard that out glory. So the knowledge of Christ explains to us what Christ has done, what Christ is doing in the church, what Christ has given us, what Christ has made us. And that is all the working of grace, who Christ is, who the church is, what he has done in us, what Christ has done for us, what Christ is still doing for us. All are all works of grace. True or false? True. So the more of the knowledge you have, the more you know what grace is up to or what grace is doing now in your life or what the purpose of grace is in your life. You heard that shout glory. So Paul says, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Continue. Go back again. Go back. Verse 2 again. If you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is giving me to you, Lord, uh-huh. go to NIV, if you can go there. Who understood what I just explained? So you can declare the, the, the year to be the year of ever-increasing grace. You want to see the multiplication of grace. Because when we talk about the year of ever-increasing grace, we are talking about when grace is just increasing forever in your life. Is that not true? It means that today you see outworkings, tomorrow you see a greater outworkings of the Spirit. The next day you see a greater, greater outworkings of the Spirit. It's just working. The Spirit of God is just working in and through your life, just like that. Amen. Amen. In, the, in a cumulative way. Is that powerful? So it says, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. Mm -hmm. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation. As I have written, I have already written briefly. Uh -huh. In reading this, then you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. Is that not powerful? Is that not powerful? Very important. So you see Paul telling us that he has been given, or entrusted with a dispensation of grace. And after that entrustment, he now tells us also that so that when we read, we may understand his understanding or his knowledge in this mystery, in this dispensation of grace. So the more we read the scriptures, or the more we know about Christ, or we know of Christ, we know of God through the scriptures, the more we understand this dispensation of grace. This kind of dispensation we find ourselves in, which is the dispensation of the church. Shout hallelujah. Now I'm going to ask, is that not powerful? Is that powerful? 
who understood what I just explained briefly. So Acts chapter 20, verse 32. Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20, verse 32. Is it there? Can we all read together? I want to go. Can you say it as, can you, can you read it as you mean it? One, two, go. Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace. This was Paul committing the church to God. Or commending the church to God. He says, I commit you to God and to the word of his grace. Say it, I mean, say it the word of his grace. Then it says, which can build you up. Take us to the King James. Which can build you up. Which can build who up? Who can build who up? Which can build who up? Why do you need to be built up? Why do you need that? Why is Paul saying that you need to be built up? Why is Paul saying that? He didn't say that which is able to just get you to come to church. Is that what he says? He's saying that which is able to uh, give you a powerful miracle. Is that what he's saying? He says, and now brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. He calls the word of God the word of his grace. He calls the word of God the word of his grace. That is the word that explains to us God's eternal purpose. The word that explains to us God's agenda before the foundation of the world. The word that explains to us who God actually is. That is the New Testament. The Old Testament doesn't explain who God really is. The New Testament does. Through Christ Jesus. Did you hear what I said? So the word of God that explains to you who God is. Who Christ is. Who you are in God and in Christ. So that you are not seeing God somewhere and you are are somewhere. In the New Testament. In the Old Testament, you see that there there was a gap between the people who God worked with, and God, even though there was a relationship. In the New Testament, there is a union between the children of God and their Father through the Holy Spirit living in us. Did you hear what I said? Did you hear what I said? What did I say? What did I say? It's very important. It looks like all of you are just nodding. I didn't hear what I said. What did I say? Mashata akapalakato, so that we can close early. Amen. Mm, so that we can close early. Sometimes when they are preaching, like everybody is looking at you, like we are hearing, we are hearing. But it looks like your mind is somewhere else. Is it true? Some of you will put the camera on you. By the time we close, and we say, look inside the camera, what you were doing, you will be shocked by yourself. That's why we stop even taking videos of those sitting down. When you start taking videos, you see some people are even watching on their phones whilst you are preaching. <laughs> Is that not true? Yeah. We're doing a Bible discussion and all that. And 
was over and I were at the back. When we checked what somebody was doing, the person was on Facebook sending messages and liking pages. What we're doing Bible studies and we're in the church. Two of us. Is that not strange? The person was busy on Facebook whilst we were discussing the scriptures. Yeah, this that person came to church purposely to be prayed for, to get a permanent job. Now tell Pastor Obed, look at all this, wasting our energies. And people who are not serious about God. All they just need is God give me a toffee to eat. <laughs> is that not true? Give me Christianity. So what did I say? Here yeah, we don't do give me Christianity. Do we do that? There's no give me Christianity. Uh-huh. What did I say? Everybody is watching you on Facebook oh, to see whether you heard something or you are still in church. <laughs> so what did I say? Who wants to say what I said? <laughs> no, who wants to say what I said? Quickly, else today we are not closing. We will just put the microphone down and be watching you. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. So what did I say? Malaga Asoto Oliki Balaya. What did I say? Is it not powerful? So what did I what is powerful? What did I say that is powerful? <laughs> <laughs> what did I say that you say is powerful? Palagadosh. <laughs> Palagade Asi Paradosh. Dog, you want to try? <laughs> is it not strange? It's strange, Kaladash. Okay. So what did I say? What did I say? Thank you, sir. For this opportunity. Yeah. So you were explaining that mm -hmm. <clears throat> that um, according to Acts 20 verse 32, it says mm -hmm. that the, the the word of grace mm -hmm. explains our union mm -hmm. with Christ, mm -hmm. a union with Christ in God through mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Is that what I said? Is that what I said? Something like that. Eh? So if there's something like that, what, what did I say fully? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Mr. Phyllis, who wants to try? Is that not powerful? Well, I thank you for the opportunity. Mm -hmm. See, it's just now you are explaining to us the difference between mm -hmm. the, and a difference between the Old Testament mm -hmm. and the New Testament, mm -hmm. and how in the Old Testament mm -hmm. the Spirit used to come upon people. <laughs> Did I say that? No. <laughs> okay, please let me let me read. Let me, let me read. L-O-F. Oh, um, uh -huh. we are, we are, who we are in Christ. <laughs> the Spirit is in us. Open up, please. Uh -huh. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's, let's not pressure her. She'll give us the answer. Thank uh -huh. you. Kalabasu. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. That the Spirit is in us. Uh -huh. I've lost my train of thought. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's 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 give you some time. Let's give you some time to think about. Is that not true? Who want to rescue her? Who want to rescue her? Who voluntarily want to rescue her? Who voluntarily want to rescue her? Just think about this, Mr. Phillips. We'll give you we'll give you three minutes. Is that not true? 
So who wants to rescue her? Is that not powerful? Who wants to rescue her? <laughs> who wants to rescue her? Francisca, you want to rescue? You want to rescue? You want to try, eh? You heard. Mm-hmm. That was powerful, okay. Can you, can you give her the microphone? Explaining that the New Testament mm-hmm. explains God through Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and the fact that mm-hmm. we have grace mm-hmm. is not just to build us up. <laughs> <laughs> the first sentence is, is correct. The later one, later one is what? Dog, how will you mark it now? <laughs> the latter one is wrong. Is that not true? <laughs> okay, so who wants to say something? Okay, because of our time. So, I was saying that it says, and now, brethren, I, can I give you, should I, are you ready or you are still contemplating? <laughs> okay. Lord, glory. Papi, sorry, I think I had it. So, please, Papa, you are explaining in this scripture mm-hmm. that the word of his grace is supposed to build us up mm-hmm. in the knowledge of Christ. Mm-hmm. And if we are built up in the knowledge of Christ, mm-hmm. then we'll be able to exhibit mm-hmm. the inheritances that we receive. <laughs> Did I add that one? To <laughs> <laughs> but that is okay. But you also got the first yeah. part. Is that not powerful? She also got the first part. And I think that's what you were trying to say, that mm-hmm. when we come to church, mm-hmm. or at least my understanding of what you are saying is that when mm-hmm. we come to church, mm-hmm. our purpose is to be built up. Mm-hmm. And the, the purpose of coming is to be built up so mm-hmm. that we can manifest the grace that we see in the word of grace, which is the outworkings <laughs> of the spirit. Come on, shout glory. Is that not powerful? I want to make sure you are listening. And you are hearing, and you are writing something down. Is that not true? As I will finish speaking all my English, my grammar. Some people will not hear. They will just mark the grammar I'm, I'm speaking, and say, "Is this construction correct? Is this construction wrong?" Now, when I give you a test, too, you have the good construction, too. You can't pass. So, which one is better? So, he says that. And now, brethren, I commend you to God, and to the word of His grace. So what I've been doing throughout is to explain the correlation between knowledge and grace. Amen. The correlation between amen. amen. I'll ask you another question. Now you don't say amen, I'll ask you a question. Once I see that you're not, I'll ask you a question. So I was explaining the correlation between grace and knowledge. Amen. amen. And I said, it says, and now brethren, I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. And I said, why did Paul say that the word of his grace is able to build us up? It means that he's interested in our being built up. He's not just interested in us coming to church. He's interested in the fact that we are being built up, as, we should be built up as Christians through the word of grace. And I said, what does it mean by the word of grace? The word of grace is the word that explains or describes to us who God actually is, who Christ actually is, who you actually are in Christ. You know what I said? So whenever you study the scriptures very well, you see Paul talking about the knowledge of God, his Christ, and his church. The knowledge of God, his Christ, and his church. 
That is the knowledge of God as a person, the knowledge of the Son of God, who is the revelation of the person of God on earth. Because no one had seen God at any time until Jesus came. When Jesus came, God had manifested himself on this earth. So Jesus is God on earth. So that we can see God physically. Without that, no one had seen God physically on this earth. So he talks about the knowledge of God. The knowledge of Christ. Then the knowledge of his church. Which is the church of Jesus Christ. Us. The body of Jesus. Shout glory. Now I said the Old Testament is such that anyone who worked with God had a relationship with God in the Old Testament. Even though they had a relationship with God, there was still a gap between them and God. There was still a gap. But the New Testament brings us in union, in unison, in oneness with God through the Holy Spirit. So every one of us who is born again has the Holy Ghost. That purpose of the Holy Ghost is to make us one with God. So that God is not afar from us because he is in us. Do you know what I said? This knowledge only comes through the New Testament. It is this knowledge he refers to as the knowledge of his grace. Do you catch that? Or the word of his grace. So Paul says, I commit you to God. So are you committed to God? And to the word of his grace. The word that explains God. The word that exposes God. Expounds God. Expounds Christ. And his church, which is us. Because you see, you cannot talk about God without talking about, you cannot talk about Christ without talking about his church. There's so much oneness between Christ and the church. And his church. There's so much oneness. There's, there's a union. An inseparable union. An inseparable oneness between us and Christ. There is. So we are not like human beings trying to approach God. That is traditional religion. That is what? Christian traditional religion. Say it after me. That is what many churches are doing now. We've brought people to think that we are just people who are so apart from God. See, but we are not. In the New Testament, God has filled us. You only see this kind of truths and message in the New Testament. You don't see that in the Old Testament. So in the Old Testament, you hear Elijah say, where is the God of Elijah? Is that not true? Where is the God of Elijah? Where is he? Where is the God of Elijah now? Where is the God of Elijah now? No, don't talk. Where is the God of Elijah? Let me ask somebody here. <laughs> is that not strange? So he's asking, where is the God of Elijah? Why is he asking for the God of Elijah? <laughs> Come on, shout Glory. But in the New Testament, the God of Elijah is in you. His name is the Holy Spirit. In the New Testament, the God of Elijah is in us. Say it, I mean, say the God of Elijah. So we don't ask that, where is the God of Elijah? We say, I have the God of Elijah in me. Whoever I said there. 
Why is this important? Because you see right now, some of you are here. You've never heard this thing I just this statement I just made. If you have heard, if you have never heard, lift up and let me see what I just made right now. You've never, I don't feel sure. You've never heard, you've never heard it before. Hmm. So <laughs> what happens right now is that I have caused a change in your mind. Is that not true? Through the word of his grace. Now, if I'm going according to the word of his law, you read the, the book of Joshua, and he talks about this book of the law. Now, is this powerful? I wish I could use 30 minutes to finish this message. It looks like it's going far. Is that not true? Should I close right now? <laughs> Shout glory. Joshua chapter 1 from verse 8. I want us to compare Joshua chapter 1 and Acts chapter 20. Amen. Can we do that right now? Can we do that right now? Joshua chapter 1 from verse 8, right? Can we go there quickly? Can we do that right now? Let's, let's look at both scriptures. I'm going to get to know how important, I, I want to let you know how important the dispensation of grace that Paul talked about and the knowledge of this dispensation, how they work together. So just saying that I'm walking in grace, I'm walking in grace, is okay, but it's not enough. I'm walking in ever-increasing grace. It is true. You are really walking. But experiencing what you are walking is based on knowledge of this grace. And it's that knowledge that he calls the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied. Grace is multiplied through knowledge. Through what? Knowledge. Grace and peace is multiplied through knowledge. One of the best things you can see in scriptures is that the scripture doesn't just tell you do something without you knowing what you should do or how you should go about it. It never happens. Or even letting you, letting you to know the results of that. There is no scripture that tells you do something and doesn't tell you the results when you do it. So it's up to you to express your faith in doing it. So when you do it, you are expressing your faith. Can you tell us, do you understand what I'm saying? Or I should ask you another question. So it says, this book of the law, do you see it there? Why did he say this book of the law? Because at this time, the law was given. He's talking to the Israelites. The book that was given to them was the laws of Moses. Or the, 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 the message that was given to them was the laws of Moses. So when he was talking, he says, This book of the law shall not depart out of, the, out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate in it day and night, and that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written in it. It says, For then you shall make your way prosperous, and you shall have good success. He calls it the book of the law. Say it after me. Say the book of the law. Who was he talking to? He was talking to the Israelites who had the law. Were they having grace? No, because grace had not yet been revealed. John tells us, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God, and the word was God, and all of that. John chapter 1. Then he says that in him was life and tells us all of that. Then he says that the law was given by Moses. But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ or through Jesus Christ. So at this time, Jesus had not yet come. So the grace that was yet to be revealed, 
that God had packaged in himself before the world began had not yet been revealed because Jesus had not yet come. So in this dispensation, he was dealing, God was dealing with the Israelites and had given them the laws of Moses. What we refer to as the Ten Commandments, but it's more than the Ten. It's more than Ten Commandments and ordinances. He had given, them, given it to them. So Joshua was talking, addressing the Israelites and was telling them that this book of the law says, shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate in it, or meditate in it day and night. You meditate in it until you observe to do. So thou shalt not steal. You meditate on thou shalt not steal until it comes to you to the point where you can't steal. That is in the laws. Thou shalt not commit adultery. So you meditate, it must not depart. Then so I just forgot. That is why I committed adultery. Because when you just commit that adultery, we will stone you. So if you are the lady, we will catch you and stone you to death under the law of Moses. Who heard what I said? Who heard what I said there? So there was no such thing as I committed adultery, but you know it's a mistake. Please forgive me, sir. There was no such thing like that under the law. Under two or three witnesses, you will be stoned. If somebody was a witch, a sorcerer, a witch doctor, what? A native doctor, what we call native doctor, you know, herbalist and whatever. And we just caught you, or we catch you like this. Under two or three witnesses, you'll be stoned to death. Suffer not a witch to live. That was the law. And that which will be stoned to death. The witch will be, will be what? Stoned. Be stoned to death. That was a law. So it is not like, oh, I don't know what happened. I just went to visit the uh, witch doctor. Uh, I don't know. It, it, something just, no, 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 no. Under the law of Moses, there was no certain. When you made a mistake, you received the recompense. You received the reward. Did you hear what I said? There was no certain. If you also followed the law, you were blessed. If you disobeyed the law, you were under curses. So you see the provision of blessings and the provision of curses under the law of Moses in Deuteronomy 28. So Joshua was warning them addressing them, teaching them, and warning them that this book of the law that Moses gave us shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate day and night. You shall think through it. You shall ponder on it. It shall be your contemplation. It, it will be your cogitation day and night until you observe to do all that is written therein. It says, when you do that, then you shall make your way prosperous and have good success. Is that not powerful? So you see that over here. Do you see it here? That is why I said, I think three weeks ago, when I, whilst I was teaching, it's important that we read the Bible appropriately. Many, many even preachers or teachers don't even preach or explain the Bible appropriately. There's the accuracy of knowledge. There are a lot of big men of God, big pastors, big, and not to, to talk against them, but you could see a lot of blunders in their explanation of the scriptures. A lot. A lot. Why? And I said that it's important that you read the whole Old Testament with an understanding of the New Testament. If you read the Old Testament with an understanding of the Old Testament, you will miss it. 
If somebody was here and was reading the New Testament, somebody was here, maybe let's say Pastor Obed was in Joshua, that when Joshua was talking, and the New Testament had been given at that time because it had not yet been given. Amen. But the New Testament had been given, supposing, let's suppose that it had been given at that time, he would have to read the entire Bible, all the new, from this perspective, from the perspective of the law. But now, we who are Christians read the Bible from the old and the new from the perspective of the New Testament. It's very important, else you make a lot of mistakes. You do what? You make a lot of mistakes. That message is still there. That's not true. That's the spirit of grace. So you can get it and listen, but it's very powerful. But it says, this is Joshua here. Now take us to Acts, where Paul is speaking. So when Joshua was speaking, Paul was not there. Was Paul there? Paul had not even been born at that time. Amen. And Jesus even had not yet been born at that time. True or false? But see, God saw that they can't obey the law. They couldn't. They tried their best, but they couldn't. Is that not true? So now Paul is speaking. I don't want to go into all of that now. But he says, and now brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. Now Joshua said, look at there. The, the language, the, the diction, the kind of words they use. Do you see there? It said that Joshua says, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Is that what he said? Paul says that, and now brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. This is to the word of the law. Because if he commends us to the word of the law, there will be a lot of issues in the body of Christ, like there is now. Like there is now. We wouldn't have a full understanding of God if he commits us to the law, the book of the law. Because the Old Testament does not, that's what I was explaining earlier on. And I asked the question and they were answering. Amen. Is that not true? And that, that's, that's the whole thing. When he gives us the book, if he says, I commit to the book of the law, under the Old Testament, they did not know God. They knew the works of God. They knew the acts of God. The Bible says Moses knew the ways of God. And the Israelites knew what? The acts of God. They saw the Red Sea part. They said, wow, this is God. This is real. But in the New Testament, we don't have to see the Red Sea part before. We have to be born again. Once you are born again, you are called into God. And God is brought into you. Where is that God? The Holy Spirit. How are you speaking tongues here? If you speak in tongues, lift up your hand and let me see. You speak in tongues, let me see your hand up. Is that not strange? If you speak in tongues, you are speaking in the language of the Spirit. It's the language of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Ghost that has given you that utterance. That means that that Holy Ghost is in you. Now, if the Holy Ghost is in you, then God is in you. Did you hear what I said? Is this, a, is this something very big? The way you are so quiet, it looks like I'm teaching you uh, elective mass. <laughs> Come on, shout glory. Glory. <laughs> but now, what do you think? Is this elective mass? It's social studies. <laughs> shout glory. glory. Moses, now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. And to give you, and you see there is a similarity between what Joshua said and what Paul is saying. But there's also a difference. 
Do you see it there? It says that he's able to also give you an inheritance. It's just like when Joshua said, you shall, have, you shall make your way prosperous and you shall have good success. This one says that he will give you an inheritance among all them that are sanctified. Those who are sanctified are us. We are all sanctified ones. It means we are set apart. We are Christians. Did you hear what I said there? So there's a similarity. But then it tells us that he commits us to the word of his grace. It is the word of his grace that can build the Christian up. Write it down. The book of the law cannot build the Christian up. The book of the law is for our learning. There's a difference between learning something and being built up by what you learn. The book of the law is for our learning. The Bible says some of these things were written for our learning. What are we learning? We learn the Jewish and their work with God in the Old Testament. What happened? How God sometimes got angry and parted the earth and killed many of them. We learn. What do we learn? We learn God's judgment from there. We learn how some of them worked with God, character studies, even in, in all that, in, in, in where salvation had not yet come. How they worked with God. How Moses worked with God. How Joshua worked with God. How they ended in their work with God. We learn them. But we are built up by the word of his grace. When he says we are built up, it means that we are equipped. It means we are enlightened. It means we are made to grow. Because we come to realize that we are not just ordinary human beings working on this earth. We are God's purchased possession. We are, we are like a field that has been bought by God. We belong to him. He belongs to us. We come to realize that as we walk on the streets, the greater one lives in us. Did you hear what I said? We come to realize that God has deposited all that he is and all that he has in the Christian. We only know some of these things, or we only know these things from the New Testament. The New Testament is the revelation of God to us. The New Testament is God exposing the writings in the New Testament exposes God. Who is God? Apart from that, he exposes who is Christ, God in the flesh. Who is he? Who is God? Who is his Christ? Christ is God in human form. Christ is God visible for us to see. Christ is the physical expression of God. It says, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. We only know that in the New Testament. Nobody could say that in the Old Testament. Isaac could not say that. Elijah could not say that. Elisha could not say that. He could not say, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. No. But Jesus said it. Why? Because Jesus is the physical or visible expression of the Father. Jesus is God in the human form. Jesus is God tabernacled in the human body. Did you hear what I said? Is God tabernacled in the human body so that we can touch God. So when he was moving in Jerusalem and all that, they were touching God. They were crucifying God. Did you hear what I said? So there is the New Testament that explains that to us. Because even in the gospel, some part of the gospel is called, still referred to as the Old Testament. Jesus was, did you hear what I said? Yes, 
Jesus was doing a lot of miracles in the Old Testament. The law had not yet been abolished when Jesus came. When Jesus died, that was the end of it. So the Bible says a testament is of no effect unless the testator dies. That means that if I write a will there, the will is of no effect unless I die. So Jesus had to die for his testament to begin. It is that testament that we refer to as the New Testament. Before his death, all that he did was still the Old Testament. Did you hear what I said? You see the teaching I'm giving you now. As I said, many people explain a lot of things very wrongly. There are 5,000 people in their church, but there are still wrong teachings going on. Jesus wants us to come and correct that. Is that not true? Very important. So the New Testament begins from the death of Jesus Christ. Before his death, all that he did, all the miracles were still done under the old covenant because he had not yet died. Shout hallelujah. Then you see from the Acts going, the book of Acts, the epistles, the writings of Paul, the writings of Peter and all of that, writings of John, were all, we call them the epistles. They were written to now describe, after Jesus had died and was, had been raised back to life and had gone to home, gone to heaven, you <laughs> know what I said, had gone home, had gone to heaven, two or false, ascended to heaven. Now, these apostles were assigned, given that responsibility by the Spirit of God to write to the church who this God really is, who Jesus actually was and is, and who all those who believe in Jesus are, who we are. Do you believe in Jesus? So the New Testament explains who you really are and the kind of things that you can do and the things that belong to you, what you have in Christ, what you can do in Christ, and all that. It explains you. So the New Testament explains God to us, explains Christ to us, explains us to us, describes us to us in Christ. Did you hear what I said there? It's the New Testament that explains all of that, all of that to us. What, is, what are our privileges in Christ? What are our rights? Are we just churchgoers waiting to go to heaven? That is not what the New Testament says. What are our rights? What are our privileges? Christianity is not approaching God for a solution. That is the, the babyhood. That is where the church has remained for a long time. Christianity is not approaching God for a solution. Amen. Christianity is not what? Approaching God for a solution or for a testimony. Father, I'm approaching you. Give me this testimony. If you don't give me in the next five years, I don't think God is real. All the things they're talking about is not. The reality of God is not in the testimony or the miracle that you see. The reality of God is in your spirit. Did you hear what I said? The reality, if you are born again, the reality of God is in your spirit. It's only manifested in the testimony of miracle. So miracles are just the manifestation of God living in us. Not God living among us. There is a difference. Not God in our midst. God was in the midst of the Israelites. God is not in our midst. God is in us. There is a difference. Why? Because if God is in your midst, you don't know who he will be working on. Is that not true? If God is in you, then it's more personal. It means you have God. 
You don't only have God. God has you. <laughs> you would have shouted glory to that one. Say, God, God has me. Say, say, God has me. I have him. As I'm sitting here right now. Say, say I'm sit- as I'm sitting here right now. I'm not just a kweku sitting down here. I'm kweku filled with God. In fact, when I begin to speak in tongues, say, when I begin to speak in tongues, I want you to speak in tongues because it's at the basic level for you to understand. Do you understand? When I begin to speak in tongues, I'm speaking in God. I'm speaking from God. It's a godly, it's a spiritual utterance, a godly utterance. Is that true? Coming from my spirit. Your spirit is the seat of God on this earth. We say the seat of power. Have you seen the seat of power? We say the seat of authority. God sit on this earth. Say on this earth. Sometimes we say the devil's seat is where? In Bechim. Is that not true of us? Or God sits in somewhere in America somewhere. Or the Antichrist, what, what we call the Satanist seat is all of that. In Christianity, on this earth, because Christ is seated in heaven and on earth. Do you hear what I'm talking about? He is seated in heaven at the right hand of the Father. But he's also seated on this earth through the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Ghost in you is God sitting in your spirit. So when you sit in a trotro, God is sitting in your spirit in that trotro. You see that? So that is the knowledge you have and you now begin to ask, if God is sitting in me and I'm still taking trotro, no, 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 there must be a change. So you want to know more about this God who is living in you. You want to also know more about that relationship that exists between you and God such that you can now produce results in your life as a Christian and move yourself. That is what he's talking about when you are built up, that which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance. So the granting of the inheritance is built based on how you are built. No man gives his car to a child of five years, two or four, drive to Kumasi uh, and come. By the time the, car, the child is going, you have already set up table for funeral. True or false? Canopies. They put all the canopies. You are still waiting. <laughs> Is that not true? So when you are built up, you see, I think two days ago, three days ago, I was just taking my bath when God told me something. He said, write this down. When you finish, go and write this down. And I wrote it down. He said, uh, it was about feeding the flock. Feeding the flock. So I wrote it down, feed the flock. It was telling me that we have come to that point where ministers are not thinking about feeding God's flock. And, but that is the primary responsibility of a pastor, of a teacher, of a minister of the gospel. That is the primary responsibility, to feed the flock. To do what? To feed the flock. Because most of us are not just fed. And most of us, after we are fed, we don't even eat, true or false. We can give you food and you eat. So Christianity has become like people who are just chasing, everybody is chasing something. We have become like the world. We don't know what we are looking for. Is that true? But it says that when we are built, that is just when they will come and teach on that, feeding the flesh. It says, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance. So do I want to see, we've been talking about the blessing of Abraham. I've been talking about the blessing of Abraham, yes, throughout these months. And we are saying that Abraham was made the heir of the world. So in the, according to the scriptures, the world belongs to the Christian. It belongs to Abraham, the seed of Abraham Christ, and all of us who belong to Christ. But here he's saying when we are built up, 
then we can receive our inheritance. Or we can be given an inheritance. So there are Christians who experience great happiness in their lives this year. There are some too who never experience anything. And they feel like God is somewhere. It is not God that is somewhere. We all have the same God in us. The same personality. But somebody is experiencing God. And is experiencing the outworkings of God in his life. That is grace. Why? Because through his being built up, it means the more you are built up, the more your grace multiplies. Because you are only built up through knowledge. And it says grace and peace are multiplied to us through knowledge. So the more I grow spiritually, I grow in the knowledge of God's word, the more grace is multiplied. Who heard what I said there? He calls it the word of his grace. The word of his grace. The word of his grace. The word that explains God's outworkings in our lives. Do you see that? That is why I said that Elijah was saying, where is the, Elijah was saying, where is the God of Elijah? Was he asking about him? But we say we have the God of Elijah. He's living in us. Do you see that? Do you see the difference? I said, do you see the difference? Yes, so from today, don't say, God, where are you? God, where are you? I don't even know where God is. Grow in the knowledge. When you grow in the knowledge, you didn't say, where are you? You say, God, what, why is this happening in my life? Speak to me. You are talking to a person who hears you and is living in you. What kind of business should I do? What, what kind of way should I go? Talk to me. You are my father. That is the Holy Ghost in you. What kind of job should I do? Is that strange and powerful? That is Christianity. Christianity is when you are, like I just I was just taking my child and God said, write this thing down. He didn't speak from heaven. Amen. He didn't speak on, from the wall somewhere and the voice said, hey! And then I started doing like this. They said, what is happening to you? He said, God is speaking now. It's about to, that's why I'm shaking. Oh, he doesn't need a shaking. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? That is simple Christianity. That's simple Christianity. Let's learn to grow in our work with the Spirit. Grow in knowledge. Know how real the Holy Spirit is in you. He's always in you. God didn't want us to search for the Holy Spirit. God didn't want to come to a point like where Elisha was when he says, play me a minstrel, let God a minstrel to play. That the more he plays, then the more I can now feel the presence of God. No. No. The presence of God is the Holy Ghost in you. You may not feel him. You must not feel. You must know he's there. There's a difference between the feeling and knowing, two of us. If you are living with your wife in the same house, do you have to feel her presence? If she's there, because I do have to feel her presence. You know she's in the house, unless she's gone out. The Holy Ghost doesn't go out. Have I said that before? The Holy Ghost is not a neighbor who goes out. He doesn't go out and come. Is this not strange? And is that not a great privilege? To know that God doesn't go out and come in your life. It's not like that guy 
who went out and came again, went to chase another girl and came again, and all that. No, he doesn't go out and do what? And come. He's permanent. He's there with you. He says, lo, I'm with you always. So in the midst of all the storms you may find yourself, God is still there with you. If you say, Lord, I don't understand this. That is why he is there. Let him explain that to you. I don't understand why every day I'm having a disappointment when it comes to a job. Say, God, why? Talk to me. Don't say, God, why? Why, why are you looking for? God is in you. Hallelujah. I thought I would hear an amen to that. Amen. And it's not in you. I'm not just saying it like God is just with you. Like we say God is with you as a religious technology. No. I'm talking about the reality of a person where he can speak to you, where you can speak to him. That is the purpose. That is the relationship that we have. It's called a fellowship. A fellowship. Shout hallelujah to that. Hallelujah. I'm going to 1 Corinthians. You see the, the, the scriptures quickly. 1 Corinthians. Chapter 13, from verse 11 to 12. 1 Corinthians. If you heard what I said, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. See, I'm walking in ever-increasing grace. I'm growing in grace through humility. I'm growing in grace through the knowledge of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm growing in grace. Is that not powerful? It says, when I was a child, I speak as a child. Do you see it here again? I understood as a child. I taught as a child. So when someone is a child, the person speaks first before understanding. Most children speak before understanding what they are saying. They don't even understand. They just speak. Two of us. Or before even thinking. So when I was a child, I speak as a child. I understood as a child. No, many Christians give up in their work of faith, in their Christian life, in their church. Some people are Christians. When, when people are talking about God or Christ, it looks so far, everything about it looks so far-fetched. It's like what they're talking is far. It's beyond their comprehension. Some are Christians that the little things that happen, they give up. Why do they give up? Because they don't know God. They don't do what? They don't know God. They don't know Christ. They don't know what Christianity is about. They go to church all right. Some have been in church for 20 years. The little thing, they just give up. So I'm even tired. Is God this God this real? Because you see, we've been trained to use God. Did you hear what I said? That's the same way you see many Christians using men of God. Because we've been trained to you. If you can use God, can't you use a man of God? Say amen to that. Amen. Say it again. Amen. We have been trained in church to use God. So we've taken that and we also, after using God, we say, let us use the man of God. Let us do what? Somebody is asking me, what do I mean by that? We've been trained in the church to use God. That's why we've been trained. Our whole mentality when it comes to God, let's go and use him and leave. I need a child. Let me go and use God. Once he gives me that child, I leave the church. You are using God. You are doing what? You are not knowing God. There's a difference. You are not walking with God. You are not building up yourself in God. Let me go and use God for money. When I go and say, God, 
When I just enter, I say, God, I need money, I need money. Maybe you have mercy on me, which you will. Is that not true? Then you get that money. Then you have gone away. When we look at it, oh, no, 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 now my contacts are plenty. So most of, us are, most of us have been trained just to use God to get what we want. When we get what we want, we don't need that God. We will go to church all right. But we don't, it's not, God is not a very important factor in our lives. Did you hear what I said? God cannot be very important in your life and you miss midweek service. You miss all night. Not that you were doing anything, you just decided that all night I won't go. I mean, he's not, he has not become everything. That, it has not become something in your life. You see, God has not become a very important figure in your life. Even though you are born again. You just need God for what you can get. Now, tell me, is that not what many Christians are doing now? Most of all of you join prayer meetings all over the world. Prayer meetings is online, free. 10 point something K, 1 point something million K. And all that. It's just to use God. Is that not to use God? Well, Emmanuel, is that not true? It's to use God and use the man of God. Then after the man of God says, I declare, I declare, and then you receive. You won't show up on that page again. Because now everything is set. What are you going to do there? You went there for that. You've gotten it. That's all. You will not even take a tithe to church and say, Father, thank you. When I joined that program, it is so I'm giving my tithe. I'm giving a seed, a thanksgiving seed, or a first fruit. All my salaries for you for giving me this testament. No. You are finished using him. Then the money comes, you now begin to think about how to buy a new wig and show that to your friend that now Jesus is Lord over your life. <laughs> if you understood what I just said, shout glory to that. Glory. Who understood what I just said? So most Christians move from church to church, place to place, corner to corner, and all of that is because we just want to use God. You can use him. You can know him. It depends on you. But what is important is for you to know him. There are times things will happen in your life that you will have a place to connect to, to join prayers, 30, 90 minutes. At that time, 90 minutes is not going on. Is it always going on, 90 minutes, the Holy Ghost? 90 minutes on Friday. So at that time, there is no 90 minutes. And you don't know what to do. Is that true? But when you know him, when you mention his name, he will respond. He says he's given us his name. That the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. So when you mention his name in the midst of all the chaos, he will respond quickly. He knows you. Does he know you then? Respond quickly. The whole, the trailer is coming to hit that throttle you are in. You say in the name of, all of them are shouting Jesus, Jesus out of fear. But you shout Jesus out of knowing. That's what I'm coming to explain to you here. Your Jesus, when you shout Jesus, the Holy Ghost says, I know him. Carry him out. That's why you see those deliverances in the book of Acts. And you see, deliverance the life of many ministers, even many Christians who walk with God. Christians who understand their work with the Holy Spirit. They can't die like a, 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 a plant and dry up. True or false? You should come to that point. You should come to that consciousness of God living in you, you living in God. And that fellowship you have with God is so important. It's the most important thing a man can have. That kind of fellowship, that God knows you so much that you enter that office. Your entrance alone makes way. Why? Because you entered with God. God knows that you entered because of that. There are things you don't pray about. You don't ask. I don't remember the last time I said, God, God, I was fasting. I've been fasting too. Today's my 10th day. 
I never said, God, give me a car. You know, I want to build a house. Hey, God, you see, we have the church. No. I just speak in tongues. Why? In my consciousness, there is nothing I'm looking for. I want to see within this church that God doesn't know. I'm now coming to remind him. But as I build that relationship and as I'm praying, I'm going to say, oh, that's praying, that's praying, that's praying. He wants the church members to be rich. Let me now look for Bragabi. Get, let me bless this man for his sake. Let me look for this one. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. But because we have not done that, we are always like, God, what are you doing? God, what are you doing? God, oh, God, I don't understand. God, uh, the day that thing happens, all your God, God will stop to the next five years. When you are coming to get married and the boyfriend says this, this, he says, I'll do it in December. He says, no, January, I'll do. You'll do the engagement in March. you do that in June. Then you say, hey, the thing is prolonged. Then you come back. Then you say, God, God, again. Then after that, God answers you out of all the mercies. Then you are just there after two years. Yeah, now I need a child. I need a child. I need a child. God, where are you again? That is the, that's what I mean by using God. That is, that, is, that is religion. You are like somebody who contacts a native doctor. Is that true or false? The native doctor is in the bush and you are in the home. So then the one you need something, then you go to the bush. True or false? When you get that thing from the idols or the evil spirits, you come back home and relax. Then even that one, you are careful. <laughs> is that not true? People are careful about that because the, the, the demons, they just want to disgrace you. After two years of birthday celebration of that child, the child will be gone. Is that true or false? You hear what I said? So, Paul said, when I was a child, I speak like a, as a child. I understood as a child. I taught as a child. See, that's, that's what I've talked about. Using God. Children use God. Is that not true? Children are like that. They use their parents. Daddy, buy me this. Daddy, that's all they know. When they grow up, they don't say, Daddy, buy me again. They go and buy themselves. Wow. Did you hear what I said? In fact, they don't use their parents. They use themselves. They just go and even buy some and buy some for their parents. That means that they, are, they have so much, they just buy some. They go and say, Father, I want to buy this chair for you in your house. I want to buy a chair for my pastor it's in your house. Is that not true? I want to buy all the air conditioning. In fact, I want to buy a land for the church. So you, have, you have grown. You think about buying a land for a church, even when you get the money. No, 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 no. No, no, no. It's the last thing that will come. See, that's you must change. You must change. There's a level of the Abrahamic blessings you can't walk in if you have not reached this understanding. You can't. True or false? Am I teaching you something? So when I was a child, I speak as a child. I understood as a child. I taught as a child. But when I became a man, there are a lot of us who still think that what is not happening in our life is as a result of a demon, a devil, a witch. I just want the witches I've seen. All. <laughs> all those mentalities must be crushed in your brains and in your mind as a Christian. You can only do that through the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. You spend time hearing messages, go to World Changes Nation, Facebook, hearing messages, hearing, do what? Hearing messages, YouTube, hearing messages. Over and over, you are filling your mind with God's word. You are filling your mind with God's word. You are renewing your mind with God's word. You are filling your spirit with God's word. The word dwells in you richly. There are things you can't, you can't, you can't assume. You, 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 
Things can happen in your life and you think it's a demon. Where did he pass? That's why you're a demon. Where did he pass to be here? He can't. Because all the, 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 the loopholes are sealed. Oh, you didn't hear that. I shouted glory to that. They are all sealed. Me? No, no, no. It's not a demon. It's working for my good. It's not a demon at all. It's not a demon. You didn't hear what I said? But some of you are here, majority of you. When you even hear cuckoo on the wall, you think it's your family which has visited you. <laughs> you face a disappointment and say, ah, they have seen it in the covo. If you still, are, you still have that thing in you, you have not yet studied the knowledge of Christ. Yes, 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 yes. You've not done what? Because the knowledge of Christ, I, I said it here right now. I said you are the seat of God's authority. Did I say that? I said you are the, you are the seat of God. Did I say that? Your spirit is the seat of God. Do you know what that means? Do you know what that means? When it says he has given him a name that is above every other name. When it says that are, you are seated far above all principalities and powers. But you see, many Christians in many churches don't teach these things. We've programmed Christians to just live in demonic consciousness. A demon is powerful. What about you? The witches are powerful. What about you? You see, me, I'm not powerful. What about God in you? So are you saying that the witches in the family are more powerful than the God living in you? When he says, greater is he that is in you that is than, than he that is in the world. Even David in the Old Testament in the Psalms, before Jesus came, said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He says, he makes me lie down in great passages. He says, yet do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He says, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Is that what David said? In, now, if you are translating, we are retranslating that we say, we are, for you are in us. Did you hear what I said? Think about it. David knew that God was with him. And that even when he was in the shadow of the shadow of the, he will fear no evil. He will fear what? He will fear what? No evil. No. Say no evil. But look at us. Fear of evil. You see the difference? And that is an Old Testament man who did not see Christ, who did not know Christ, who gave a prophetic utterance. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? That's David speaking. Did you hear what I said? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Says when my enemies come against me, they will do what? They stumble and fall. That was David speaking. He says when the enemies come against me, they will stumble and they will fall. There's a difference between the one using God and the one knowing God. Though. You should understand that. Paul was caught in prison. They were about to release a lion. He says, nevertheless, the Lord stood with me and shall deliver me out of the mouth of the lion. In the, in the midst of all of that, says the Lord was with me and delivered me. I'm receiving my deliverance. Those are men who know their God. Says they that know their God, not they that use their God, not they that receive from their God, they that know their God. There's a difference between the person who comes to this church and the one who is calling me on the phone. Is there no difference? 
and doesn't come to church. Says, uh, is, this, is this the man of God that I watch on the TV? That was what they used to do. Is that not true? I said, all these people, they, they don't come to church. They just want to watch you on the TV and call you that pray for them. Is this the man of God that I was watching on Joy Prime? He said, yes. He said, okay, man of God, can you please pray for me? Things have gone very down for me. You see, I can just say, okay, 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 God bless you, God bless you, come to church, come to church, and then, pa- is that not true? But the one who comes to the church and knows me, like Pastor Obed, or Sister Francisca, or you, and then you come and you say, Papa, this is what is happening now. Will the reaction be the same? Hmm. If you understood, I just said, shout glory. glory. So understand that God is also a person. You can use him. Last week we said God is what? Is it last week or last two weeks? So God is also a jealous lover. Was it last week or last two weeks? Last week, eh? So God is a jealous lover. It's a jealous lover. Who wants all of us? It's a jealous lover. If you are there, shout glory. So when I was a child, I speak as a child. I understood as a child. I thought taught, taught. I thought. I was thinking as a child. But when I became a man, do you see the difference? It says, I put away childish things. When you are killing witches, you, those are children things. When you become a man, you put away child things. As when you become a man, you do what? You don't spend hours on the field to kill witches. Those are children things. When you stir up yourself in the spirit and you see the heat of his presence in you. I said what? The heat of his presence. There's a kind of fire that you can feel in you, in. It's like a burden. That you know that you know that if Satan appears, you see the fire and run away. You melt by the fire before even the, he's thrown into the lake of fire. We will first experience the lake of fire with you. That is when your name is mentioned and the Holy Ghost shows up. When your name is mentioned anywhere, native doctor, because of your work or whatever it is, the Holy Ghost must show up or angels must show up. Depending on your spiritual alertness and growth. When they say that, is that Nana? You say the angels will just show up there. They all run away. That night, no meeting. Is that true or false? I said it before that I was in my village some time back where a witch was prophesying to me. She saw so much fire that she had to now come to me and prophesy. Prophet one. You even attack prophets from witches. One man of God says, I'm saying, you give to the point where all the witches in your family begin to work with the angels. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? They begin to work with the angels and push you forward. That's all. You hear what I said? Let, let your Christianity make a difference. you be a different Christian. Amen. I thought as a child, but when I became a man, says, I put away childish things. When you are crying because of a disappointment. That's just our children. Have you seen a child? You see that with my children. They are crying. Why? Daddy did not buy me this. Hey. And because of that, you are crying. 
Imagine what God. So I wonder. I'm going to go home near my. I'm going to go home near my. Is that James? I have not heard you. Are you here? He's soaking. He's loaded. I'm going to go home near my. People are crying. Is this why she's crying like that? And the boy has left me. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Now continue. Let me just explain this and close. For now, we see through a glass darkly. But then face to face, we see face to face. (laughs) Now I know in part, that is Paul speaking, but then shall I know even as also I am known. Now. I know many people take this translation for no. For now, we see through a glass darkly, and we know in part. So they say, "Oh, we will know in part." But when Jesus comes, we will know fully. That is wrong. That's not what Paul was saying here. Give me the NIV. He didn't say that it's when Jesus comes that we know fully whatever we have to know. Amen. You can know fully here if you want to know it. But he says that now. See what he's saying. I brought this scripture because it's very important about knowledge. Now we see, but a poor reflection. As in a mirror, because we are looking, he's talking about the scriptures. The scripture is referred to as a mirror, true or false, as we beholding as in a glass, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. So we see a reflection of ourselves in the mirror of God's word. The more you look into the word of God, the more you have, you see a reflection of you, who you are in Christ Jesus. Who am I? I'm a chosen generation. How do I know I'm a chosen generation? Because I've seen it in the mirror. Who am I? I'm a new creation. How? I've seen it there. I'm walking by grace. How do I know I'm walking by grace? Because I've seen it there. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? So you see in a mirror, the mirror is the word of God. Then it says that now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. This one, the King James is better than the NIV. But it says, now I know in part. Then I shall know fully even as I am fully known. I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Known by who? Known by God. So it means that, or is this not powerful? You can come to that stage where you know so much of what God knows about you in the scriptures. That time you don't know in part. Because you see, everything about us, everything written about us, was written by the inspiration of the Spirit. It means that God is the one who fully knows us as Christians. I'm not talking about us as individuals. If God knows where you stay, God knows the job. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about who you are in Christ Jesus. For instance, when he says that you are a new creation, it is God who knows and understands fully who that new creation that he has created on this earth is. When he says you are a child of God, who said you are a child of God before you knew it? It's God. And then he made you so, true or false, when you got born again. Now, when we say somebody is a child of God, what does it fully mean? In the mind of God, what does it fully mean? The mind of God is the mind of the scriptures. So when he says that, in the, when he says that, when he says that, I know in part, it means that we know partially now. We've, we've not come to the full comprehension of God's description of us. It is when we come to the full comprehension, when we come to fully know what God himself knows concerning us, 
in Christ, then I will not be knowing in part, I will be knowing in full. Then I will fully know, I will fully know even as I am known. Did you understand what I said? You understand what I just said there? So it is like a professor in medicine and what? A medical doctor. Are they the same? Are they the same? So there are things that the professor knows that a medical doctor may not know. Is that true or false? Or a student and a lecturer. So when the student comes to that point where he knows fully of what the lecturer knows, then he fully knows, even as the lecturer knows the person. Is that true or false? So the lecturer doesn't see your school. Maybe sees you as somebody who is training to be uh, uh, what? Give me something to say. I've forgotten all my school things. <laughs> and what? Uh, <laughs> Come shall, shall glory. <laughs> the guy, Pastor Ophel wants to finish us here. <laughs> Optometrist. <laughs> a dentist is fine. So let's say that you are training to be a dentist. You have a lecturer. The lecturer knows so much about the teeth and all of that that you may not know. You are now learning. So by this time, you, maybe you know in part. That's what Paul is saying. You know in part. So Paul is saying that, as, let's use it as Paul is training to be a dentist. And there is a lecturer who is lecturing him. That is the Holy Spirit. That is the Father. He says, now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Do you get what I'm saying? So when you come to know so much of what the lecturer knows, you know in full. You can know, you see, I said before, I said knowledge is in measures. And knowledge is progressive. Have I said that before here? <laughs> I'll do your quiz very soon. Amen. I said every knowledge is progressive. Even scientific knowledge is pro progressive. Medical knowledge is progressive, true or false. There was a time where we said HIV does not have a cure. In fact, when somebody sits with, by you, you are, uh, uh, you are checking whether the person has HIV or not. We thought HIV was such that it's like a, a corona. So once the person even does like this, you get HIV, true or false. And everybody was scared of HIV until the cure came. There was a time where tuberculosis was killing everybody, true or false, and the cure came. Now cancer is killing people, the cure is yet to come, true or false. So they are now discussing, they are still trying to investigate and all that. That is progression in knowledge. That's scientific knowledge or medical knowledge. The same is scientific knowledge. There was a time when we went to the phone booth and with the, that card, and you put credits on the card, and do all of those things. There were times like that. Today, you don't do it, true or false. There were times where you have to go and do transaction, banking, every day you are holding book, check, cash, everything. Now things are changing. So knowledge is progressive. In the same way, that's why it's important that if the knowledge of the, if the knowledge like that is progressive and you are sitting back, the world will go and leave you, true or false. In the kingdom, Kingdom knowledge is also progressive. Revelation knowledge is progressive. So Paul is saying that there is no place where you say, I have arrived. You may be knowing in part and think you have arrived. Amen. So if you want to see a full manifestation of God through you, then you should know fully. In fact, the Greek word for that kind of knowledge is called epignosis. When you have that kind of intimate knowledge, where it's not like you are living on an assumption. When I talk about witches, some of you are living on assumption. When I said, when it's far above, 
It's like, say fire about fire, but you're trying to find ah, where is that? Is it, did you read it from a magazine or read it from a Facebook somewhere or Instagram? There is no fire above on Instagram. It's on efficiency. It's in efficiency. Is that not true? So it's not a knowledge based on assumptions. It's a knowledge of God. Sometimes, sometimes who is God? Some of you, they ask, they ask you in your workplace, who is God? So who is Christ? Is it true? The Christ, they say he was born of God. Is that true? How can a virgin give birth? Can you explain? Can you explain? I'm asking, can you explain? <laughs> Your head is down now. Look here, look here, look here. <laughs> Jesus was raised from the dead. Can you explain? It's doing that your Christianity is still based on assumptions. Stop troubling God with assumption knowledge. <laughs> it's still an assumption. We say, okay, you're a Christian. So who is a Christian? Well, a Christian is somebody who goes to church. Well, a Christian is somebody who, who has given their life to Christ. A Christian is somebody who has given their life to Christ. Can you give your life to Christ? What will Christ do with your life? A Christian is somebody who has received God's life into him. There is a difference. You see the difference? God's life is eternal life. So you have not given your life to Christ. If your life was okay, God won't give you his own. He's taking your own for what? <laughs> Dog, what do you think? If I don't take your own clothes now, who understood what I just explained? So it's important that you want to see an increase in grace. That means an increase in the, in the outworkings of God or even the inner workings of God. In our lives, you want to see great manifestations in your life, great operation of the Spirit, fulfilling God's purpose on this earth. That's grace. Then you need to grow in knowledge. That's why the scripture says that the shadow of, of, of Peter, right, passing by. How can a man's shadow heal the sick? Not he himself, his shadow. It's a kind of knowledge. Are we not reading? Didn't you read about first Peter right now? You did read that verse, Peter, chapter 2, chapter 3. That was Peter writing. He said, that which we have seen. He said, no, no, he doesn't even say that. He said that we have not believed cunningly devised fables. Peter writing. When we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Do you understand what I'm saying? So Peter knew so much, but he couldn't, he couldn't beat Paul. So at the point in his writing, he said, oh, there are a lot of things that Paul... Paul wrote that sometimes the unstable mind can't comprehend. That was Peter writing about Paul the Apostle. That Peter also knew much. Amen. Well, I see what I just said. It was that Peter that the scripture says that he was so filled with the Spirit, so filled with God, that he didn't say that today we are having a crusade, bring the sick, I'll put my shadow on them. That's not what he said. The people said peradventure. That is, that is supposing if, 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 if Peter's, Peter is just passing, but I'm just going to bring out my uncle from the village and put him at this corridor so that if Peter is just passing by, maybe his shadow, when the shadow touches the, my ankle, will be healed. Think about it. If you had that kind of shadow, not personality, what will happen in your life? <laughs> if you heard something, shout glory. Is that Frida? Are you there? Shout glory. Shall we please? Okay, before we, we, we pray, Let's take this. Grace. Right? Number three, the throne of grace. And maybe next week or next two weeks, we will talk about it. Next week or next two weeks. Next week or next two weeks. Come on, shout glory. glory. Find grace from the throne or the throne of grace. The throne of grace. Say the throne of grace. 
or find grace from the throne of grace. Right in there, it's powerful. The throne of grace. That's not powerful. Even thinking about that alone is enough to begin to speak in tongues. So I've given you how many points now? Two, right? This is the third one. This, is a very, this thing I'm explaining is very important. How to grow in grace. Is that not powerful? Shall we please be upstanding? To find grace from the throne of grace. It's so important. Decide that you want to know God. How do you start from? You start from listening to messages from WCN. True or false? WCN. True or false? World Changes Nation. Facebook, YouTube, everywhere. You just listen to messages. And you pray in the Holy Ghost. You all have a very great future and great destiny. In fact, no Christian has a bad destiny. One day I'll teach you on, on destiny. True or false? Because of who you really are. No Christian has a bad destiny or a wrong destiny or some type of destiny. The whole point is the wrong knowledge. We are feeding ourselves with the when you feed dog, when you feed yourself with the wrong food, what happens? You get what? <laughs> you get what? Hey, wait. Today it looks like you came here to give me terminologies. I'll ask questions again. But when you feed yourself with the wrong wrong what diet or food does it affect your body it does the same way when you also we are also the body of christ when you feed yourself with the wrong knowledge it affects your body it affects you that's the whole thing it's not like you have a wrong destiny or where you come from or all of that you don't have a wrong destiny no christian has a wrong destiny but the scriptures teaches us that we've been destined in christ it's not wrong you can't be in christ and have a wrong destiny is that strange? We are praying for 10 minutes. Are we praying for 10 minutes? And uh, the, what we do during these Sundays in February is to pray over the work of our hands. Amen. And to declare over the work of our hands. So we are coming to pray. Wherever you are, just lift up. You have your item, your point of contact, your certificate, your whatever it is. You can just lift it up. Your ATM card, your whatever you are expecting. Maybe you are expecting some kind of financial breakthrough. You're expecting some um, partners, partners to come and help. Anything that you can live. Oh, so all this, you've not been taking your ATM card or taking anything. Hey, you know, it means you don't have faith. Oh. Is that not strange? Yeah, so every, every item, that is like a point of contact. Maybe you're expecting a, a breakthrough, a financial manifestation. Maybe you're expecting a change of job. Maybe you're expecting some documents to be approved, some big contracts. Today is the last Sunday, amen. And last days are not dangerous at all, amen. La last days are glorious. Shout hallelujah. Say last days are glorious. So lift up your hands wherever you are. We are going to be praying for some few minutes. Mashata, lift up your voice. Mashoto koporo kosata. Mazoto korondo ozit atalaba. Manta koborondos elegedesh. Rabolongo shondos kebelegedesh. Mante koporongos adalagadosh. Magadosh edelegedesh. Mangorotos edelegedesh. Mango Rongo Shokora Kataha 
Wherever, just with your eyes closed, your hands lifted, just talk to the Lord, just pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray in the Holy Ghost, just give Him praise, give Him thanks. Mashata Kapahasa, Mashata Kaparakata Kasata, Mangorotos Kapalakasata, Mangorotos Shata Kaparakata, Mangorotos Kapalabakasata, Mangorate Eshita Kapalaga, Barakasata, Mante Keparatakasata, Mantalaba. Mashata kapara, masete kopara kataha, mangorondo sete kapala kadush, mangora shata kaprakata kasa, mante keparata sata, mante kopara disata kadagata, marongo shokorobolaboko sata, manta kapara kas atakala, malegebelego shata kapa. Mangorotos etelegedesh, barakasata kapakasata, mangorosote kapalakata, barotosheto koparakata, marakasata kapakasata, mangoroto kopalakata, mashata atalabakasata, mangorotos kopolabakosata skapalagada, maradabakasata kapakasa. Rabalabaka shata kaparakata Marodoko poloko seta Rebolabongo shikirabolaboko sata Marataka palakata kasata Magorotoko palahata Mazete koparakata Mazete kaparakata kasata Mante balaka shata kapa Mangorato kapalakata kasata Manta kapala kasata lapaha. Mashata, lift up your voice. Lift up your cards. Lift up your whatsoever it is. And pray and make declarations. I release this contract in the name of Jesus. I release this job in the name of Jesus. In a greater, in a big organization. In the name of Jesus. In an international firm. Ragadabazo, 
We manda skapali andara bazonde. We mando lobo kusanda langanda. Nasata kapali adeko skapa. Legaba do sakalaba. Ragada gaba lege do sada. Manta lala basata labahaya. Ibasata mandara babo. Rabada bazonde gibi andaga. Ibasata ba. Manda bado Manda bado sadaba. Manda bado sadaleba. Rabado santa kapali adaba. Arada bagusta pali indede bosada, adada bagazada ba, libo sata pali gadoska, lega bagusta dale bazonde, liga bagusta da brandaska talamande, lima sata kamali bagusta brandi, liga bagusta pa, lega balabagusta pa, mandada bagusta dale, libo sata kabahaya, maligo sata balige bagusta pali, liba sata kabaha. Lego do Satanabaha, Libagazada Bago Sedelebe, Manduze Veligada Bago Saha, Rabado Setelebazon Dalaman Talabahaya, Lima Sata Kabalege do Sada, Ragadala Bazon de Remendos Kapaya, Lima Sata Lamanda Labago Sede, Lima Sete Kemanda, Ragadala Bago Sedelebe, Ayadada Bago Skapala, Rakapala Gade, Lita Sata Kaba, Matakapaliada, Rakasa. Ta <laughs> Dala babosa, ida da da baya, ida da da baga da baya da, ida da 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 baya ha, ayaba dosa da, ima da da dosa da, ima da da babosa da, ima da da balian doska pa, ada da babosa da lebe, ayaba da da babosa da ba, ima sede koska pa le, ayaba babosa da ba, ima da 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 babosa, ima sede koska pa la, ira. Bagadabadosandalabandabusandalabandabusandalabandabusandalabandabusandalabandabusandalabandabusandalabandabusandalabandabusandalabandabusandalabandabusandalabandabusandalabandabusandalabandabusandalabandabusandalabandabusandalab
Sakabaya, <speaking> in the <Spanish> 